0: Investors in Patreon are just really mad that they're not getting a million percent return on it. Like despite the fact that they make, they make solidly good money for running a fucking like wet, like website and payment processor. And that's all they're fucking doing. They're making like, like a hundred million a year or something like that. Why won't people think of the hardworking middlemen of the world? Yeah. Aren't they the suffering most? <laughs> yeah. They, so the, so the investors are, are super mad about it and they're because t- they're uh, like right now I think it's they take ten percent, five percent in fees, and five percent to cover the uh, the credit card costs, which is higher than what credit card processing fees cost, but
1: you know, I heard you like rent seeking. So we put rent seeking in your rent seeking, so you can be <laughs>
0: rent when you're rent seeking. Their biggest problem is they've got like a hundred or so accounts that make up the vast majority of their money. Yeah. Like like Chapos, a bunch of the webcomics and a bunch of other things that make a fairly good chunk of change. And then they've oh got my a billion. God.
1: Can you imagine being at a business meeting where you're looking at the finances of your company and you're like, look, one of our biggest funding streams is the Penny Arcade Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs>
1: they're powerful guys, okay? When you meet with them, don't make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna tell investors? Just, just tell them the truth that we don't know what they're gonna do.
0: I've been to a couple of anime conventions, shocker. Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> he says
1: that like the grizzled Pacific veteran. He's like, I've been in a few foxholes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, they're anime conventions. I, I think that's probably the right approach.
0: The <laughs> first one I went to was in- You 99... weren't there at <laughs> No, no, the, 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 the funniest one was in 1998. Uh, have you ever been to the Baltimore Convention Center? probably not i mean yeah oh no yeah that's a great great regret of my life (laughs) (laughs) but uh so the anime convention had half of it and the other half was this american muslim convention oh my god so it was it was great because you saw the you know all these people in in like uh in various muslim religious outfits and they're just looking at all these teenagers dressed up like furries and other just terrible things who do you think is more uncomfortable in that interaction oh, oh definitely definitely the definitely the the poor muslims <laughs> people were, were more uncomfortable
1: i don't see why that either side would be uncomfortable there because those are the two things that together are going to help us dismantle capitalism yeah.
0: anime and islam <laughs> natural the partners natural
1: bedfellows, yeah
0: this was 1998 <laughs> So it was also it was also at the height of when like they were just using Muslim terrorism as the plot point to every like cultural thing before they yep. switched over to Eastern Europeans after nine eleven.
1: Yeah, at that point, I think Al Baghdadi had just started watching Chobits. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do love that when they found that they found a bunch of anime like video games on a uh, bin Laden's PC. That was uh that was a good moment for our people.
1: Based on the intelligence we've extracted from Usama's dating sims, we know that he has a Kawhi who loves a Sundare.
2: <laughs> God damn it.
0: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <What the> fuck? <laughs>
2: Ugh. I just, anime Islam is the most amazing combination. <laughs>
1: Zaha ne you
2: Every mental image is so is just better than the last. <laughs> you, you know what?
1: Mohammed really was the original cruel angel thesis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god.
1: Oh Oh my god. You think we're gonna lose our funding when Hezbollah finds out about
0: this? (laughs) Oh come on, it went it went great for Charlie Headbow. Is that what it was? Charlie Headbow? Wait, what was it? What the fuck was that French uh magazine? No, no, no. More like Charlie
1: Headass, am I right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did I have it right? (laughs) I can't can't. oh wow, okay. (laughs) Oh,
1: not headbow. Yeah, I had it right. It's Hebdo.
2: Yeah. Hebdo, oh. Yeah, so you remain owned. Aw. <laughs> that was a real sad owned, but yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome to Dumb and Awful. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Dumb Awful Show. I'm Brett, and you follow me at Relentless
0: Board. Uh, this is John. You can follow me at Kali uh, underscore TFF.
2: And I'm Rob, and I'm at Dumb and Awful. All right, so there was a State of the Union address this last week, which. No one with any intelligence watched. Nope. Sorry. Let me let me let me let me let me start again there. That one sucked.
1: <clears throat>
2: All right. So there's a State of the Union this week and Damn, who the you fuck really went
1: into your presenter voice for that one, huh? <laughs> deep into the presenter voice, <laughs> you went in the bathroom, splashed some water on your face. I see Hold you on. in there, presenter voice. You come so, out this time, <laughs> and they shook your head. So, what about this? Uh, how about this? Uh, the State of the Union address. Uh, what do you think about it, Brett? You can do this. You can, hey, hey, so you guys seen the State of the Union?
0: There yeah, you go. <laughs> okay, have either of you ever watched the State of the Union address?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, I watched yeah. I want to say I watched Obama's first one. And I watched one like a bit of like one of Clinton's in the 90s and
1: Clinton's ruled. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't I remember it, but...
1: really.
2: He went for it, man. I think I've seen one from every president that I've been like semi-conscious and aware of. So I've done Clinton, Bush, Obama and then the first Trump one I watched, but I've reached the point oh, now Jesus. where I can't actually listen to him speaking. Because you can just feel your brain dissolving. So I have to do clips or I have to do, uh, like the transcript afterwards. Yeah. I've, I've very rarely heard Trump speak, but he didn't There's, say much on this one. He, he tried to do some appeals to like moderation, which is of course hilarious. He's just
1: doing that. Cause the last time he did that, people were like, is he at his most presidential now? It's like, you know, a dog doing the same trick back to back, hoping to get two treats.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I could see his advisors pushing him to it because the Democrats are pretty desperate to fund something, some kind of wall for him. All I really need out of the State of the Union is just people on Twitter posting the gif of uh, whichever Trump kid was just slouched over in a chair dead asleep during it. I think that's really about all i needed from it
2: well i mean that's so that's what all anyone gets out of it now right is all the dumb memes that come out of it yeah from reactions it used to actually be a platform for the president to push specific policies right or to talk about any crises that were happening now because everything is terrible it's an opportunity for opposition parties or the people supporting the president to have fucking jiffable or meme worthy reactions
1: Don't forget, it's also an opportunity for Bernie Sanders to do racism by having a response to it. (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever responded to the State of the Union until Bernie Sanders, and he only did it to show up uh, a person of color.
2: Yeah, he hasn't been doing it for two or three
1: years now. So, you know, let's not forget that.
2: No, I'm happy with a variety of responses. That's wonderful. Give me more people saying this is fucking stupid and here's why. Great. Thank you.
0: I mean, it's it's doubly funny because of the AOC thing, showing that hey, every every congressperson should be talking to their constituency through uh, like live streams and videos and whatever. Because why not? You can directly talk to your fucking constituents and tell them great things you want to do. But no, that's bad. Apparently, I don't fucking know.
2: I prefer the Pelosi approach, where she makes some sort of face, or she does in this case a sarcastic clap, and then everyone fucking fell all over themselves to yes queen her afterwards my favorite version of it was someone gave her a glowing halo behind her head with a fucking sarcastic clap which is just
1: you know like in those medieval uh and renaissance paintings where the angels give sarcastic claps that doesn't even make sense
2: no I, i at no level does it make sense it's just it's just a really aggressive standing of a woman who doesn't give a fuck about anyone else and True to form. Pelosi immediately denied that it was supposed to be
0: sarcastic. Like just not just her response to it. Like she even just had something drop into her lap that everyone was going to suck her off for, and she just suck sh- her threw off. off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna suck off, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Listen, was that what people rest- were going to do? Were, were you guys going to do that?
2: <laughs>
1: Anyone know they- anyone's parents who were going to do that?
2: <laughs> Who are all these
1: people? Was this covered on MSNBC?
2: You know the answer to that question.
1: Hi, I'm Ari Melbert. I'm here with Maya Wiley. Now, Maya, uh, when you have the opportunity to suck off Nancy Pelosi, how are we gonna go about it? Let's break it down point by point.
2: <laughs> Long slow circles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh fuck. <sighs>
1: Nancy Pelosi isn't doing anything. Why well, I don't understand why people are so like excited. To project onto
0: her
2: yeah it's it's all, all they have now is personality politics there, there is no willingness to govern or push policy so this is all there is so of course there's they fun. fall all over themselves
1: but like there's nothing even there like she does sort of a, a shitty wine mom clap and goes i wasn't clapping at all and, and people really find that
2: inspiring yeah like, all the they, shitty wine moms loved it. they lost their shit shitty wine moms is a huge base man don't don't uh don't but discount like, them
1: that's the same, uh, what I don't get is like how they can do that and then also l- like look down on MAGA people as like idiots where, I mean, they are idiots, but how is this different from like the Ben Garrison thing where he depicts Trump with just like a really vascular groin
0: dunking a football? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it isn't different. It is just, it's just team sports to a lot of these people. So yeah, of course they're going to just be like, no, no, no it's really cool when my side does that. And really no, no, it is. dunks all over him. I disagree. It's different
2: because Trump and the Republicans actually pass policy.
1: So that makes liberals more detached because at least the MAGA people can go like, I don't know, because he does the things I like. Whereas they just have to turn on this. they're, They're watching the State of the Union and this fucking decrepit Chardonnay despot comes out and claps shittily. At another dying man, and everyone's like, fucking slay <laughs> Khaleesi, go off. Well,
0: well I mean, when like, you say like that, everyone. It's all in
1: your head. There's nothing there. That, that could be a blank slate because she's giving you nothing to work with that should lead you there. Other than having the sort of brain worms that I guess are just with us forever. Like in the same way that Reagan just broke the brains of an entire generation of the political class, I think Hillary has just created a type of person that is going to do this till their dying breath. Just I, clap I mean, at I, Pelosi. I, and cheer Cory Booker for pronouncing quinoa correctly
0: <laughs> I mean, I Agree I with you. But I think it's like when you say everyone, it's just a very specific group of people. It's just that they all are employed in the media and have newspaper opinion columns or are just upper middle class to rich white women.
2: The people with the biggest microphones are the ones who love this sort of shitty personality politics, right? That's the media. They love this shit. They eat it up every time. The ones, they're, they're status quo people, right? Things have worked out well for them. They don't want it to change. They just need some sort of horse race bullshit to keep viewers coming every night, right? Coming and watching every night. They don't give a shit about you passing policy or changing things up. So this kind of stuff is their bread and butter, right? Yeah, and I get this. excited about this stuff, yeah.
1: This is like, did you know Jake the Snake had his snake bite Macho Man last night? Like, yeah, okay, she clapped at him, great, nothing happened. And what did she actually propose?
2: Yeah, instead, she, while she was doing this shit, she, was, she had her, uh, one of her advisors, Wendell Primus, which is a hell of a name, uh, was going and talking to Blue Cross Blue Shield execs and some other uh, health insurance execs and assuring them that the Democratic leadership has no intention of pushing single payer. And in fact, they're going to fight against it. And they had this whole presentation he was giving them about, they're criticizing on the basis of cost because monies are needed for other priorities, again, your healthcare is not a priority, uh, opposition.
1: Money is needed for other priorities, brothers, pack it up. We tried our best. It's undoable.
2: The corporate speak in shit's amazing. One of the other ones was, uh, stakeholders are against stakeholders in this instance are all of the wealthy people are the insurance industry. Not not us. We don't count as stakeholders. People who actually have to use the fucking healthcare. Hey, if you want
1: to be a stakeholder, buy stock.
0: Yeah, the people getting 16% returns on their uh me- on their medical uh, medical fund, those are the people who matter. Actually, even then you don't matter unless you own a
2: massive portion I of know. It. And then the final one was it creates winners and losers because our current system definitely does not do that
1: everybody's yeah. winning in the current system if everybody is me and everyone else who has stock in this shitty pharma company
2: it's amazing and then yeah. the last one was uh sorry there's one more was implementation challenges it's hard we don't you know here yeah. in
1: america we don't do things because they're hard we actually that
0: was the end i mean it's it's true in america all you need to do to get good quality health care is have a a reporter for a major newspaper write about the hospital billing you $160,000 for a broken ankle. And then boom, the problem will be taken care of.
2: First, they're meeting with the Blue Cross Blue Shield people to essentially say like, by the way, we got you back. We're not gonna push single payer. We will undercut it at every turn. Uh, And then the other part of this meeting was them discussing coming up with a new bill to reduce prices for drugs. Um, oh
0: yes yeah God. so that
2: was the other half of this and they were actively trying to convince the execs that if you just let us reduce prices a little bit on the farmer side of things that that'll be sufficient we don't really need anything aggressive and it looks like they even got talked out of like the bare minimum thing they were asking for <laughs> to we will only reduce prices on a small handful of super high cost drugs and that's it you get nothing else and it seems like the democrats just leapt at that deal
0: I didn't even know they got that far. I mean, last I heard they were just going to, uh, their whole plan was to make a panel that was going to ask the pharma companies really nicely to lower prices.
1: So the whole purpose of that article was that it was utilizing binding arbitration as a way to bring oh, yes. uh, people together to make a bipartisan solution reaching across the public private. Like all, I think there's something funny that the whole blue wave thing was like, and we're gonna take care of people's healthcare and, people were coming out to town halls and being like I am dying and my family is dying and so many people die every year because of a lack of health care and Democrats take that popular uprising and they they channel it towards this wave and then they get in there and it's fucking binding arbitration that's <laughs> that's what they did with that Fucking it's fucking uh, incredible. Sing the song of the international because the revolution <laughs> comes. It's fucking binding arbitration,
2: my comrades. Their their ability to take any remotely decent idea and then compromise before they even get to the negotiation is incredible. Well that's there's... because it,
0: that is the negotiation. I mean the like I think like we act like there's that we're supposed to be, that that the Democrats are going to be going in and negotiating with Republicans and building policy that way. But that's not actually what happens is they're just negotiating with their donors and then trying to determine how they're going to sell that to us. That's like, that's the entire negotiation is figuring out what can they, what will they be able to sell to the people who vote for them?
1: One of the Democratic House members from Texas was talking about how much this is even going to cover, uh, his, his name's Lloyd Doggett, which uh, <laughs> it's also the name of the sheriff in a uh, Smokey and the Bandit. And <laughs> that's one of those facts where whether it's true or not, it feels right. Um, he said, uh, This feels like passing the buck or shifting the responsibility. Who's arbitrating this? Would such a narrow group of drugs involved to even lead to any significant impact? That was his take, and he's a guy from Texas in the House. He thought it didn't go far enough.
0: Yeah, Yeah, uh, well, I mean, well, one, it could be—is he like from Austin or something? Like one of the actual like super gerrymandered far. Lloyd
1: Doggett is from the road.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's from where common sense
1: meets hard work.
2: Or he's just a regular fucking person and went wait. So we're going to go into this and immediately give up everything. This like what is even the point? If you're going to get four fucking drugs, and have the, the price reduced, and in return you're going to give a bunch of shit away. What like why even bother? Because right. it's 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 governance via corporate acquiescence yeah. right it, it's whatever they allow us to do right it's the same sort of like trickle down bullshit. it's whatever breadcrumbs is willing to give us that's that's the policies we'll we'll create something out of that
0: breadcrumbs might taste good but they don't fix them for a meal i'm lloyd Doggett and i'm pushing for healthcare <laughs> and, and you think like it can't even be a start because no matter what you do anything like the republicans are going to attack it as this is like straight up communism and they're throwing pharma execs in gulags because we're making them reduce I wish. the cost of a drug uh, that they raised from $10 to $375,000 back down to $150,000. That's not fucking going to do anything. But, you know, that's... Oh, God damn Send it, the just- pharma
1: execs to the gulag. Reeducation is rehabilitation. I'm Lloyd Doggett. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I want to vote for Lloyd Doggett. You're making me really like this guy. Yeah, like this guy sounds great. (laughs)
2: And I'm afraid to look him up and see like what weird racist shit he's done in the past.
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Lloyd Doggett. You ever think about skull shapes? (laughs) They're wilder than you might think. There's
0: there's no way a man named Lloyd Doggett hasn't worn blackface.
1: Hi, I'm Lloyd Doggett. (laughs) If you ask me... Shoe polish is good for keeping your boots and your loafers looking nice, but not everyone agrees. I cede the rest of my time to the esteemed colleague from Virginia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then Ralph Northam walks up and just immediately punches himself in the dick repeatedly, which is what he's been doing for the last two weeks. The entire state of Virginia is just collapsing in on itself at this point. It's amazing. I shouldn't say the entire state, the top three positions. Are in various uh, states of collapse, and no one has any idea what the fuck to do.
0: Yeah, all of anarchist Twitter loves this.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them. What's
1: anarchist
0: Twitter like? Uh, I mean, they usually usually just <laughs> lots of uh, lo- lots of doxing of white nationalists, which is absolutely great. I recommend following all those. You know, like anti-fascist Gordon, just follow him. Follow everyone he follows. It's great. I recommend I it.
1: I don't need to know exactly where in Long Island the fascists live.
0: <laughs> no, I mean it's great. I'll he doxxes them. They like these people are the people who are actually motivated to call their works and get them fired. It's really good, guys. <laughs>
1: oh, Mineola. Okay, makes sense.
0: <laughs> anyway, they post lots of video, lots of videos of that, and lots of videos of uh people fighting white nationalists at, you know, at mask up events and whatnot. It's good. It's good stuff. So anarchist Twitter rules. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's the best.
2: Uh, So let's start with Northam because every single one of these dudes has a fucking issue at this point. So Northam still hasn't resigned. Of course. Why would he? I can think of reasons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can think of one immediately, but let's see if we're thinking of the same one.
0: (laughs) I'm just glad he walked back his admission that that. Did that's he walk just... it
1: back or did he moonwalk, moonwalk walk it back? back. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, God, I forgot that. That was so long ago. That was probably like five days ago and it feels like a month.
1: Yeah, so we should he... be more propped about these, huh? <laughs> Imagine by the time it gets to the listener. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about that. That already happened. Now he's talking about the idea of leaving the Democratic Party and governing as an independent. And this is a dude who won purely on the basis of the democratic machine pushing him, right? That is the only reason he's in a position of power as it is.
1: Folks, I believe there are good people on the left and there are good people on the right that can come together and do blackface as one. <laughs> That's
2: what running as independent. By the way, fun thing I realized when I was researching him more, he, he fucking voted for Bush twice and he described it as that was back when I was apolitical.
0: Yeah, motherfucker,
2: yeah. that was like 15 years ago. It wasn't even that long ago. You're like 60 something. How the fuck, like, how are you, governor? And you were apolitical during Bush.
1: Look, I started thinking about politics about 10 seconds ago, and I pretty much nailed it. Anyway, I'm the
2: governor. <laughs> What's up? Look, want to some blackface? Uh, but yeah, so now he's talking about being an independent, which this is the the attack that the Dems love to use against anyone who's remotely socialist or progressive is that they're not truly loyal. Well, look, well, you're fucking loyalty people. Don't even do the thing you want. They can't even fucking get out of the way and help the party, which is, you know, what the party's desperately asking him to do. And instead, he's just going to go solo because all they care about is power. But so that happened. So that's the beginning of the week. Now, he's, of course, still not resigning. We're we're two weeks in here, still not resigning. But he had this amazing quote. Northam has been in seclusion all week, using tunnels to shuttle between the mansion and the nearby building where he has an office. He has met with african-american legislators and faith and community leaders and has begun reading up on race the case for reparations an article in the atlantic by Tanahisi coates a few chapters of roots by alex haley he said he has reflected <laughs> on his own origins oh, and you don't have to read the whole thing life.
1: you get it you get it
0: <laughs> all right uh-huh
1: it keeps going like this right
0: okay please tell me we're going to get a picture of his office at some point he's just going to have like the high school cliff notes the, that bright yellow book and just hanging there.
1: <laughs> there there's just an aide who's responsible for slowly moving the bookmark further down <laughs> <laughs> so
2: don't then, worry guys he's not racist anymore he's he's reading works by black authors well, that's well, that's what you that's what you wanted well, right people? well you
0: say that and then uh what was it yeah. yesterday he gives the tv interview where he says 400 years ago the first black indentured servant landed in the in the US
1: and we respect those irish people today for their contribution
0: <laughs> he is so
2: bad at this it's it's fucking incredible he's so bad he even went out of his way uh he was doing another uh, interview, or another apology or of some sort, and he had this quote: "The things that I did back in medical school and 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 San Antonio were insensitive. Back in
1: medical school,
2: and I have learned since then that they were a very offensive. We learn from our mistakes, and I'm a stronger person." Asked later, what Northern meant by referring to things he did back in medical school. <laughs> spokeswoman uh said he misspoke and just met san antonio where he did his residency so the blackface he admitted to where he dressed up as michael jackson was after medical school and then he he oopsie doopsies and went like oh yeah i was doing racist shit in medical school too i mean wait no i I didn't mean that
1: how does i just don't understand how how can he even pull this as an excuse where he's just like oh apparently this was offensive like the the amount of just confidence in your own decisions and total lack of empathy required for these guys to do this is just astonishing to me like if a black israelite goes hey uh you white people you smell like wet dogs you know you're dirty like they would be labeled a terror group on fox news every single night but these guys put on blackface and dance around with like a noose and then go ah, no way of knowing that was offensive <laughs> I, it's just the thickest double standard
0: Well, I mean, of course, it's a double standard. Like, I mean, look at the look at the fucking Howard Schultz trying to get oh, billionaire is a pejorative. Like, these are the fucking like weakest people imaginable. I know, but that's the thing. There's so
1: there's so many ways to be a douchebag. Why do they have to choose this one? You know, like, is this the why? What is the appeal of this? Was like was like blackface in the 1940s, like having the cool starter jacket in the 90s. (laughs) <laughs> like, was blackface the coolest thing to do? And that just, like, imprinted on a
0: generation
1: of people that now lead us?
0: You know, actually, I've got a story I can say about this that says, that will say, yeah. Like, up through the 70s. uh As I was saying, uh, I've been cleaning out my father's house lately, and he found a pile of his old underground comics that he had, uh, and he gave them to me like two three weeks ago and i've just been sitting there just flipping through them before i toss them in the trash and it's all it's all you know uh you're you it's all uh the robert crumb stuff and equivalents and it's there's tons of blackface in it And this was all the hip cool underground shit from the 70s it's like incredibly like uh anti-women's lib incredibly racist just stuff and so yeah like that was considered cool and uh like transgressive and underground and throughout the 70s so it literally was a whole generation of like you know what's cool blackface yeah yeah i would definitely say so from flipping through from like reading some of this stuff didn't billy crystal do jazz man <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep
1: i take it back oh. life is beautiful
2: <laughs> so that's north um the AG actually came out on his own afterwards, uh, Mark Herring, to say, oh, by the way, I also wore blackface at a college party back when I was no, young. I
1: wore blackface.
2: <laughs> it's a real Spartacus moment. Except in this case, they like, all were Spartacus. I'm just, I just imagining was- every old white man stand up and be like, no, I wore blackface.
1: No, I wore uh, the, the weird uh, mustache thing with the sombrero. Okay, well, that's the wrong, you're in the wrong group. That's a- <laughs>
2: It's a different kind of racist, but uh, you're also welcome to fuck off and die. You're actually looking for the
1: Libertarian Caucus that way. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, So the Herring thing is is interesting since he volunteered it. He was incredibly apologetic about it. Like said, I did this thing. I'm a fucking idiot. You know, it was horrible and offensive. So he seems to have either played this super well or is genuinely um, apologetic about it difficult to tell i'm guessing he's just a smarter politician than the fucking northam yeah, is
0: yeah that's that's how i view it i mean uh for another example um lee carter was talking about how like he did a his own opposition dump when he was running uh when he was when he was running uh, 2 years ago at this point and he literally said yeah no i mean uh, i i when i was young and stupid i you know i hung out with a bunch of lost causers and yeah i was around confederate flags a lot i didn't really think about it at the time like i uh i joined the military i'm really conflicted about my service in there and and so on and so on with a bunch of other things that had happened to him and he said oh I was apologetic and like this was all terrible and here's why it was terrible and i i, I i'm sorry about this mm. well he can get the gulag and say the guillotine then no, no I, I thought he, I mean, I thought he did a good thing and said, no, I'm actually trying to like, you know, be better. That's fine.
2: I just don't think the place to be better is the attorney general of an entire fucking state that oh, has I agree. a long historic legacy of racism uh, and the place where fucking Robert E. Lee was born and lived and had his plantation. Yep. So maybe, maybe do that and, you know, come to grips with your racist history somewhere outside of a public fucking place. That'd be cool and not in a position of power. Agreed. So we have and, uh... Northam and Herring, both doing the blackface. Then we have the lieutenant governor that everybody was hoping uh... would take over for Northam, Justin Fairfax. So, so real quick, Fairfax had, first he had one sexual assault allegation come out. Um, the woman came out, said she was willing to testify. Then another one came out. For the first one, he hired Kavanaugh's legal team to defend him, which just like, Incredible optics there, Fairfax.
1: I hope that's the new O.J. Simpson thing, where it's like, well, he's got O.J. Simpson's legal team. Implicit part, you know, the ones that got that murderer off. <laughs> <laughs> Only I now mean, it's like, hey, you know he's got Kavanaugh's team. You know, the one that got the drunk Mick rapist on the Supreme Court.
2: <laughs> so he's he, he is trying to fight it. It sounds like they're going to pull articles of impeachment sometime this week if he doesn't step down on his own. He's fucked. And so now there's an interesting conversation of like,
0: the top three Dems are all in real weird spots. I mean, it really says something about, like, the level of machine politics. Where Like, yeah, no, no, no. We'll, we got, we got to figure out a way to keep at least one of these guys around. You know, can't, can't get rid of all
2: of them. They should. They should get rid of all of them, replace all of them with women and people of color, and be better for it. The dream now is that Fairfax leaves. They force Northam to a point. Um, someone actually good, uh, and then he leaves, and then she takes over, right? Uh, they've been floating Jennifer McClellan down uh, as a
0: possible appointee for um, yeah. lieutenant governor. Yeah, so, I'm gonna say I know absolutely. I mean, if you're asking me to to know anything about middle benchers in Virginia state politics, afraid I can't help you there.
2: This is gonna shock you, but most Virginia state politics up until literally this last election for some of the, the, the state senators and state seats has always been very Democrat machine, right? So she is a very good version from that. But yeah, no, she's still part of the machine. She's significantly better than anyone in power now. So.
1: So, uh, hey, are you seeing Twitter lately? It's <laughs> some wild stuff there. Uh, so, for example, it seems that uh, dumb and awful is canceled, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll have to look more into that one.
2: So I started going to this this gym at a university in Denver. It's a Jesuit university because it's close and it's cheap.
1: Not to work out or anything, but just because they got the -the
2: floor-to-ceiling glass, you can see from the outside. Anyway. (laughs) And they have these posters as you walk into the gym that are, uh, did you know, Cannabis 101 posters? And every time I see them, I laugh because it seems like they're trying to fight against... Uh, people enjoying cannabis in Denver, which is a fucking losing battle if I've ever heard one. I hope when you look at the,
1: the fine print of that, where it's like, did you know cannabis? And you look down at the bottom and it just says, it's great, it gets you high when you smoke it or eat it.
2: Well, so they have these, they have two, uh, so four posters. Uh, a few of them are like or one, and two are, what don't you like about weed? And it's like, we asked 300 university students from our campus and here's what they said. I can't watch The Wire sober anymore, <laughs> Jason, 21. The One was this kid who was like, I built up tolerance and I have to smoke more and more just to get the effect. Dude, it's awful and I'm spending too much on my weed. One's I don't like having red eyes. I th-
0: I mean I thought when you said like oh like when you were saying this is did you know cannabis one oh one I thought you were gonna say download our app.
2: Oh no, it's like actual physical posters. They're incredible.
1: Cannabis one oh one is the name of a four teens drug awareness thing. Hey guys, he pulls up on a skateboard. Welcome to Cannabis One O One. I'm gonna give you the four one one on the sixty nine. Wait, hold <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> I I remember you remember those old anti-drug ads, the ones where like when they got really ridiculous with it and it was like four guys high high as hell ordering takeout, and then they, like, drive off and run over a toddler on a bicycle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But those
1: are always so good. They but were amazing. Those, those and the Bloomberg gun safety ones are always just so over the top. Like, the Bloomberg one was... 29 seconds of a toddler just walking around the house smiling, and then the last second is he finds a gun in a drawer and blows his face out. it cuts to black, and it just says, like, mayors against, you know, (laughs) handguns, and that's it. That was the drive-through one, where they're just like, great, man, good friends, good times, good fries. And then he hits the accelerator, (laughs) and a kid's bike comes out. (laughs) (laughs) And now no one in Florida does drugs, great program, much success.
2: And no one has guns in New York. So yeah, clearly those work really well. And I'm sure these posters are also successful, judging by the sheer number of cannabis shops I see
0: on every corner in Denver, it's definitely becoming less popular. Yeah, it's, it's great. They, the first few opened up in Massachusetts and it was great getting all the local news coverage just wall to wall complaining about how bad the traffic is at the, (laughs) (laughs) at the strip mall where it opened. It was like, really maybe open some more. These drugs are too popular. This is bad. What does this mean for main street?
2: Oh, since I am talking about Denver last thing before I forget the Denver teacher strike is on hell. Yeah. This week, uh, Monday, the 11th, they got postponed for a bit because the County asked the state government to intervene. Uh, and the state government's all brand new. They just got elected in a state that's pushing blue fast. Polis actually campaigned with some striking teachers. So he's in a real awkward position, punted it back to the teachers, which was a smart choice. Um, And now the teachers are finally striking. There was a last minute bid by the, uh, the county again this weekend to try to buy them off with some bullshit. It did not work. They will be striking. Uh, I'll post, the, there's a GoFundMe already for their strike fund, among other things. So I'll post those up. Um, it sounds like the county's initial reaction is to try to uh, get the the courts to rule to force them back into school to say it's an illegal
0: strike. So things are looking up. Yeah, I saw the I saw the the, the last minute, the last chance meeting they had, and then the the whoever it is for the city says, "Oh no, we can't meet your financial demands." So the, all the union people and everyone in the courtroom just makes a big show of packing it up. And one guy is trying to start a na-na-na-na. <laughs> it, like it's him only and he's doing it perfectly off key. It's beautiful.
1: Hell uh, yeah, that, that's what union organizing is all about. Getting to yell out any chant you want at any time. They don't always hit, but you know, you get to take your shot.
2: They are hyped here too. I don't oh, blame it's them. it's going to be good. They, they get paid less than every uh, district around them. The city is getting way has gotten so much more expensive just in the last five to ten years. Their salaries haven't adjusted at all. And every county in this state is a wash <laughs> extra money right now um, from marijuana legislation. So I it's it's fucking absurd that they can't get better pay. So I, I think pretty much
0: everyone's supporting them at this point. But if not, for so the money. And so many of the teacher strikes have been successful that it's like they have to be going into just just like ready to crush. Like this 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 should be good.
2: They are. And they've been pushed off for like two or three years now. So this has been a long time coming. Excellent. Support the Denver teachers, y'all. Yeah. Best, best of luck, everyone. Get out there and march with them. March, donate, do the thing. Um, lastly, next week we're going to do another deep dive. If you're super excited about Tulsi Gabbard Woo! or yeah, the most unique candidate for sure running in 2020, uh, or you just really love Cory Booker, the blandest candidate running in twenty twenty. We're gonna do both of them next week.
1: Cory, I took too much of what I thought was Molly, but it was my friends just gave me a sugar pill because they can't stand me. Booker still hugging you. <laughs> <laughs>